0: Welcome everyone to episode number 14 of The Outrage. Hello everyone, I'm Spencer Byers, alongside L.A. Kevion. What's going on? How are you? We're back. Hey, guess what? We're consistent back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I know. I've had back-to-back episodes with Cajun and Polar Opposites. So I've had back-to-back weeks of The Outrage. Next week, I expect the exact same from both shows. So, happy to finally be consistent. Only took us... Eight, nine, ten months, but we finally got there. We're finally getting to a level of consistency. Unlike the Toronto Blue Jays, I didn't know how quick you wanted to get into it, so well, we're going we're to stab right
1: into it. I was going to answer your question. Uh, I'm doing good. Oh, your, I didn't know I didn't good. let you answer. I'm yeah, sorry. No, you did. Well, it's because I was like, what's going on? And then, you know, we got, uh, got to the explanation. I was like, oh, back to back weeks. And then I was like, oh, wait, I didn't answer his question. Again, I, it's. I did the same thing last week, I'm pretty sure.
0: Well, yeah, you don't like answering my questions Sal. Don't ask me why I, you I don't do, like answering I do, my questions. Well,
1: I just answered now. So I'm doing good. Are you doing good? Uh, peachy. Peachy. Uh, happy
0: to be here. Happy to be back in the CSM studio. That's We're right. actually back at CSM for the first time ever, as David, I think, turns us down. We uh, happen to not be able to... Uh, get into Sportsnet, because I forgot my ID, so yeah. now we're back here at, uh, at CSM. As I like it's And I like it's very upset about it. I actually, again, saw David give me the thumbs up when I mentioned him. So, shout out to you, David Lannis. There we go. CSM president. Got a plug
1: on uh, on the outrage. Got yeah. a nice... Uh, like, like, that,
0: like that matters to his reputation. But, I mean, regardless, I this could... Go- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> baby steps. I, baby steps. I, 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 love, I love you stopped <laughs> yourself halfway through, but as I mentioned... People knew where I was going. We being consistent, the Jays being inconsistent, the Toronto Blue Jays continue to struggle with consistency. I believe they're still fourth in the AL East, especially after Domingo Herman's perfect last night, perfect game, first time since Felix Hernandez back in 2012 with the Seattle Mariners. So big night last night for the Yankees. But again, back to the Jays, they
1: continue to struggle, Al. What have you made so far the first, I'll say, close to 80, 85 games? It's not good, man. Like, I mean... Sure, they're I think. Well, I'm pretty sure Spencer. They're in a the playoff spot now, or at least sorry, wild card spot. But I mean, that's not good enough because let's let's be honest here. If they make it in at this point, from what I've seen from their their is they're not gonna like. You thought Seattle was bad last year in terms of like you know how it went, how things went down. Like this is gonna be one of those where you know that if they get into the wild card spot and they play games, they're not going to do well, and that's kind of the idea I'm getting. And what really frustrates me even more is that you can tell there's frustration from the manager in terms of, you know, having to answer the questions all the time about, you know, the inconsistent play of whether it's the hitting or the pitching. You can tell there's a bit of frustration with John Schneider's answers. The thing that really irks me, though, is that there's no frustration, it seems like, from the front office, which would be Ross Atkins in this situation and President Mark Shapiro and that's really where it's frustrating because i can't believe that they're watching the same kind of baseball that we are watching as fans of this game and they go yeah this is this is fine we're okay with this we're 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 fine with a subpar ball club which they shouldn't be but they are and you know what if if you get like Ross Atkins got asked about runners in scoring position and you know he's like oh well we've made improvements and you know we've changed our they've changed their approach and blah 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 it's like are you watching the same game ross like are you really watching and paying attention i don't think so and i think i i mean i think the jays are in for a rude awakening if they think this they could take this team into into the playoffs into the postseason into a wild card series wow they're in for they're in for a wild ride because let me tell you something this game this team is not going to win two out of three wild card games to advance to playoffs and then let alone win that round and advance to the ALCS and then the World Series. This is not it. It's just not. And there needs to be change. And it goes back to the point that we were talking about before we started recording this podcast where I don't understand why so many teams in Toronto are allergic to change. Something clearly has to be done. I, it can't just be me or you that are, that is that is watching the Blue Jays and going, something doesn't have to give. And you know what, if you want to change something with, you know, in terms of, oh, you want better production out of your hitters when there's runners in scoring position. Well, this is where you kind of look it down your on your bench and you go, okay, well, the hitting coach, who has been there for quite a, quite a bit now, maybe get rid of him. Give, give a different voice or perspective to the hitters or, you know, move somebody or move a piece. You can't move prospects. Their prospect pool is depleted. What, you're going to move Bowden Francis, Ricky Tiedemann? Sure. That's going to get you nowhere. You're probably going to get another Whit Merrifield or Santiago West, all ca- a caliber player, maybe even Kevin Bizio. which I'm not knocking on Whit Merrifield. I do think he deserves to be an all-star. He's definitely improved his game, and he's proven that he can be a, a full-time big leaguer. But if you're the Blue Jays organization, and you're looking at this, and you're going, ah, we're good. We're it, We just need that break. We just need that break. We just need to catch a break. Hey, the All Star breaks uh, coming up. July 10th is the home run derby. You know, you're less than a month out now, almost less than three weeks out. And you still think that this team is good enough to win you a wild card series, let alone, you know, the ALDS? Which, by the way, may I remind you, you're likely playing the Baltimore Orioles if you get that far. And let me tell you, you have no chance. No chance. Well, Al, and I I
0: do want to mention this, because I I just did a little bit of research as you kept rambling on there about the Jays needing to make change. uh, I think you said across the board, you believe that the Toronto markets need to make change. Masai Ujiri for the Toronto Raptors was hired in 2013. Brendan Shanahan was hired in 2014 with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins were hired in 2015. So if you want change... I think you gotta look inside the press box because if you expect these guys to make decisions, Masai is the only one of those three groups that really made a change. That was the Rosen for Leonard for for Kawhi Leonard trade,
1: and he's safe. I want to make that clear. Oh, Out of all, he's, he's the safe, safest. For, he's a, you're right. Safest is uh, that is actually a much better term to use. He's the safest compared to. By the way. Uh, You know what? We'll get to that in a second. I'm not ready to rip on Shanahan yet. We'll we'll rip on one Toronto team first, but I got something for Shanahan. Well, you got something for Shanahan, but
0: again, I think that's the problem, Al, is you've got these guys who obviously have been in the position for, you know, 10, 9, 8 years, respectively, across the board, and you're expecting to do something that they've never done. Like, Shanahan does not want to blow up the, the Leafs' core. Masai Ujiri does not want to blow up this Raptors core. Why? I don't know, but he doesn't want to. And if you've seen, Ross Atkins and and Mark Shapiro do not want to blow up or move a couple big pieces of this Toronto Blue Jays team. And baseball is the most volatile of the three sports we've talked about. Like, you'll have a great team one year and then a garbage team the next year with the same personnel. It is just that hot and cold. I don't know how how to... why it works that way, but that's just the way it works. Kind of like how the Phillies make it in as the third wild card team, and then they go to the World Series because they get hot, and it works out that way. Kind of like, you know, Florida getting hot in the playoffs, and they go on their big run, and like Miami went on their big run. So, you know, it's not a big surprise, but I am with you that eventually change needs to be made. And I think at this point... The raptor or the Toronto Blue Jays, pardon me, are probably the one team where I expect the least amount of change. I think Masai is going to make a deal. I don't know what kind of deal he's going to make, but I expect him to make one. In. Cage and I will talk about that next week if if something hasn't happened yet. You know, I expect Shanahan going to have to do something. But it remains to be seen. Because I'll go with, I think Masai is the most likely because Messiah's done, done it, right? Messiah has a track record of doing, blowing things up, moving things around. He hasn't yet, though, which, again, is worrying. And again, as I mentioned, I think Atkins and, and Shapiro are the least likely to make a move because I genuinely believe they think that there's nothing wrong with this roster when they need another starting pitcher, they need more bullpen arms, they need, you know, something to get the bats rolling that haven't really been, and I don't know where that's going to come from now. Again, that's just a thing where I don't know where it's going to come from.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not saying blow it up for... Shapiro and Atkins I'm just saying fix what clearly needs fixing and like you don't need to blow this team up to fix what's going on right now you just need to make this minor tinkering get creative and make some moves in order to a fix your bullpen which by the way the bullpen isn't terrible it's not great but it's not the it's not awful Trevor Richards has proven himself, you know, quite often this season, especially with his last outing that he had uh, last night, which would have been uh, Wednesday night on uh, June twenty eighth. Good outing uh, for a bullpen day, and you then you got a guy like Eric Swanson, also turned out to be a great addition. Uh, who, by the way, was involved in the Teoscar Hernandez deal, and I uh, had one more, and Nate Pearson. Nate Pearson, I think, is a guy where you could throw out there, and and then obviously Jordan Romano, who leads the league in saves right now. Like those are the those are solid. My problem is the the Jimmy Garcias, you know, guy, guys like that Adam Simber, who is not the same as he was last year. And quite frankly, I don't think he's an arm that you want to have in your bullpen if you do go to the pl- to the postseason. You can't trust him. You no, you can't. So it's guys like the, the guys that are used to being out there. And I'm sorry, the fact that Trent Thornton got in a game this year, man. Like I said last week, when we recorded our 13th episode, the fact that Brandon Belt is your lord and savior when you step up to the freaking plate says all you need to know about how this Jays season is going so far.
0: Yeah, not particularly good. And another thing I do want to mention before we, we move on is Masayu Jiri, as we talked about, is the, is the most secure of any of the managements yes, across Toronto I right now. Excluding the TFC and the Arcos, respectively. Um, yeah,
1: are well, the TFC's a whole new— They just Yeah,
0: yeah they just fired their manager, and I believe just promoted a new
1: GM, so I guess they're also not very st- stable there down for TFC have at not, b- Field. Have not been good since uh, the MLS Cup run against uh, Since, since the they Seattle had G- Sebastian Giovinco. Yeah, 2018, I believe. 2018-2019 season. But re- regardless, I think another thing to
0: mention is if you, for some ungodly reason, just fired— if MLSC decided we're going to fire everybody— the Rogers team fires Atkins and um, Shapiro, and MLSE fires both Shanahan and new GM Brad Treliming, and then fires Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster. You know who is the first one to get hired out of that group? It's Masai Ujiri. Masai Ujiri instant instantaneously gets a job. He is the only one of that of those group of guys that would immediately get a new job if he wanted one. It would be up to be Masai, kind of like Kyle, who got that new job in Pittsburgh, but. You know, if you fired everybody, like, I don't, and I don't think it's close, Al, and I, I, I want to get your opinion, I don't think it's close, I think Masai is the only one that would immediately get a job this summer, regardless of, they'd make a spot for him, teams would make a spot for Masai Ujiri in their front office, I don't see that happening for Shanahan or Brad Tree Living, in fairness to Brad Tree Living, again, just gotten the job, he literally is not even officially the new GM till July 1st, Um, not Bobby Webster, respect to him, and obviously the two Jays guys, I don't think it's close. I don't think it's close.
1: I think Ujiri and Webster do get hired right out of the gates if they were to get let go. I think those two are, you know, kind of the Kyle Dubas's 2.0 in terms of, like, they know they have... Like, you you know what you're getting out of those two, and you know that, you know, like Kyle Dubas, for instance, I think his job in Pittsburgh is really good for him because it gives you kind of a new perspective with a different team, and you don't have to, you know, you're not necessarily blinded by the situation anymore like eventually like you know it's like a, a smell in a room you show up every day more and more and more eventually you get used to it and you don't really smell anymore you go nose blind but that sounds like me with you Al I've, I've got nose blind to you sure sure I appreciate that I'm thankful for that actually but anyways not saying that I stink just I get I get the uh the connection there or whatever I know what you're saying oh no I meant you smell but that works too oh gee, too. gee thanks <laughs> alright alright all geez right. Thanks, Spencer. Appreciate that. I don't actually smell. There's this thing called deodorant. and I know it exists, and I wear it very well. Thank you very much. You wear it like once a week. Sure, no, maybe maybe once a week, every once day too. Anyways, let's not talk about my 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 bio or my potential. Yeah, my hygiene. Um, I yeah, like I said, I think Ujiri and Webster do get picked up right off the hop. Doesn't matter where. Like they're gonna and they're gonna be able to turn whatever franchise they go to around. And I guarantee you, they'd be able to make quick work and bring them back up from the grave. Let's say, let's use that expression. Whereas for right now, uh, well, the, the Adkins, it's not looking good for him, like you know. And I think, you know, it's and it's kind of like too. Like I, I got I had the chance to sit down with Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark the other day, uh, for the Joe Carter uh, Golf Classic, and it was kind of cool to hear them talk because it it there was one thing that Dougie said, I think, and that was, you know, when a coach gets fired from an NHL team, he doesn't go he doesn't go stupid, like. It's not because he went stupid or anything like that. It's just because the voice gets tiring and the message tires out, and you just need that new voice. So that's why so many coaches get jobs around the NHL again because all you need is that new voice, right? So, and I think that's how it would work in terms of Ujiri and, and Webster is, you know, they've gone. They, I don't think they're there yet. A fresh coat of paint, if you will. Give, but give them a fresh coat of paint. But pain. I think Shanahan is the one who's working blind here now, where it's like, okay, listen. Like, you, there, this is not going to... It's not working. You've had seven years to make this work. Yeah. And all you got was to the second round. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you got dummied yeah. by the Florida Panthers. Which, again, I can kind of say I saw this coming or I should have seen it coming. I don't know why I was so high on my horse. I, I should have re- realized that you're it was, a leaf it was still the Toronto You bought Maple into East. the hype. You bought into no, no, the hype. Well, it's one of those where it's like you slayed the dragon. And usually you see teams slay the beast or their demons. My favorite one is the Washington Capitals. You knew once they beat Pittsburgh and they made it out of that second round, they were going. See, I I liked San
0: Jose when they went to the cup final and ended up losing. I believe it was to Pittsburgh back in, I want to say, 2018,
1: maybe 2017. Yeah, not not so sure. No, 2018 was uh, St. Louis and then Washington 19. No, eight, 18 was Washington, 19 was the Blues. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. So
1: San Jose would have been 2016. So six,
0: six, 16 or 17 then. 16...
1: Yeah, because 15, 16, the Penguins went back to back. Yeah. 15 was Nashville and 16 was San Jose. One okay. of the two. Something like that. Yeah, it, Anyways. It,
0: it went that way. But yeah, I, I like that San Jose yeah, run. because, so, again, it was like their last kick, yeah, right?
1: Yeah. So I, I like those runs. I, I'm sorry. Like, I like the idea of, like, oh, the, the storyline. They slayed the beast. They, they could go. They finally made it out of the first round. They're going now. Mm-hmm. But really, it's like it was typical Leafs beat the team you shouldn't beat and lose to the team you should beat. Which has been the narrative for years, and that's the other—that's the frustrating part. Now, let's transition over quickly to Shanahan, real quick. It's been the same story for the last seven years, and let's be real: there's not really anybody that has the guts on the board of directors for MLSC to fire anybody. They proven there, that no one, no one from the higher ups is going to do it. Listen, the worst part is they're literally watching the same script be rewritten all over again. Why did Dubas get let go? Because. He tried to go for Shanahan's job, change the ideologies, actually go for change and the board was like ha, nope yeah you can let him go Shanny go more, ahead more so now you bring in you know Brad Tree living who is a yes man for Brendan Shanahan now because he wants to stay. he wants to you know yes Mr. Shanahan, whatever you want oh yeah, I'll run this trade by you know what I mean That's why I'm saying like you there's not gonna be any Sheldon Keiths back. And maybe extended. You want to, t- Yeah, and you want to talk about a voice that ages? And I'm sorry, the more it- Sheldon Keefe's voice has even aged for me. I started watching Quest for the Stanley Cup on YouTube because I like watching those, and also the Leafs were actually featured in it for more than 30 seconds because it- it's second round and beyond for the coverage. And I'm listening to Keefe talk, and I'm like, man, even I'm tired of hearing him. Like, that's when I fully realized, I was like, man, yeah, you know what, he should be gone because it's the same message or it sounds the same. But... Again, allergic to change. Ujiri and the Raptors, we talked about this too before we recorded. They seemed like they were trying to run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back. Kept failing. Ujiri finally goes, screw it. Franchise, face of the, one of the faces of the franchise. Franchise name, DeMar DeRozan, you're gone, see you later. In comes Kawhi Leonard, guess what? They won a championship. Now again, I'm going to reiterate, I'm not saying the Leafs, Trade Marner, trade Nylander, and they're instant cup champs. No, 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 no. Listen, hockey doesn't work that way. It doesn't. The game doesn't work that way. It no work that way. It does not work that way. But I'm just saying, someone finally, someone in MLSC finally decided that it was time for something to change, acted upon it, and it, they were rewarded. Again, not saying that's, that's, what gonna, that's what's going to happen for the Leafs, but listen... I'm I have a bad feeling about this. Like tree living scares me. There's something about him that scares me. He's in your nightmares, eh? I don't know well, not let's not take it that far. I can't even remember the last time I had a dream. But anyways. So uh, that's sad, Al. Yeah, a little bit, but I'm busy. I got other stuff to think about other than hey, like unicorns and stuff. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, I had a dream, Al. Like Martin Luther King. Had a dream. I had a dream. That one day Alexander I, would take I a know shower.
1: I know the line. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh the sh- oh back with the or oh, back to the BO stuff. Anyways. I'm, well, just saying, something going. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I think I've said enough on this topic, but I don't know why, like, something needs to change. It, it does, because well, listen, if they're running it back, David Camp got signed to a freaking four-year deal for
0: $2.4 million,
1: Ugh. <sighs> whereas Pontus Holmberg, who's, by the way, Nick Kiprios heard him say, say this this morning. Is that he thinks that Kiprios, uh, sorry, that Pontus Homburg will surpass David Camp before the end of that two-year contract? Who for eight hundred thousand dollars? So unless they're planning to move Camp at some point, what are you doing? You don't have to hit the cap floor. Listen, you got to make sure you got to worry about staying within the cap. So, anyways, I I think I think the Leafs need to change their, their completely. Shanahan's got to go. He's so stubborn to have change. The guy doesn't even want to change a goal song for crying out loud. It's just a song, man. I don't care if uh, apparently it's because his son likes the song. So that's why it's a thing. Boo hoo. My parents told me no plenty of times when I was a kid. And you know what? I turned out pretty okay. So. Oh, well, huh? It's available. Wait, yeah. You know other so than the out. fact that apparently I smell. Yeah. Anyways, it's, I don't. Yeah. It's, P- you just, a horrible he just likes smell. bugging and you break your leg. Yeah. How yeah. you like that? You like that? Yeah, least, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah keep least, talking. Yeah, at least you're editing this one, so I can
0: cuss now and make you do all the work. But regardless, I'm not, I'm not, I'm but, not swearing. But, but anyways, but regardless, so
1: regardless, big change needs to happen for the Leafs, and the only change I want for the Blue Jays is for Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro to wake up and smell the roses and realize that we're not asking for a lot here. Us Jays fans aren't asking for a lot. We're just asking for a little bit of tinkering because we know that that's pretty much all it's going to take. To, you know, get really get the boys rolling. Anyways. Anywho,
0: now on to another guy who uh, apparently needs some change. Alec... Manoa, we're sticking with baseball a little bit here as Al went on his leave tangent. Something he told me he wasn't going to do today, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, but, then but regardless, you, you got to let the the conversation go where it's going to go sometimes. Well, then that, and that's what I did. I let you just
1: kind of get your get your uh, anger out about felt, David Camp. Felt very cathartic. I'm oh. not angry. But I like. I still like David Camp. He wins faceoffs. I'm just saying. Yeah, he's, he's a that, little yeah. A, he, he
0: went
1: 2.4 million a, a little too pricey for two, a guy two. that wins faceoffs Whereas Pontus Holmberg, by the way, is a fourth line center making you know two years 800k. Yeah, yeah, we're paying
0: $2.4 for a face-off winner. But regardless, going on again, Alec Manoa had his first start in the Florida International League
1: as Al tries to stop me. So, okay, we'll, we can do this real quick because uh, there's a trade. Oh, uh, I just got it. Yeah, did you see it? Uh, we'll, get to, we'll tease it. All right, put it this way. Detroit Red Wings and the Edmonton Oilers Whoa. got into bed. So real quick, Alec Manoa, Whoa. I know, real quick. I, this is all I'm gonna say. I was gonna go on a tangent to talk about his mechanics and stuff like that. No, put it this way: uh, Dunedin, Florida. Manoa had a start, got absolutely obliterated in two, two and two thirds, eleven earned runs, two home runs allowed, three walks, only two strikes. Yeah, runs. not great. And uh, I think it's safe to say we are not seeing Alec Manoa in a Blue Jays uniform again for the re- at, rest of this season, at least August, until if at least not, maybe September, until at least the end of the year. even then. Like, I don't, I just don't think so. Like, it was awful. And, yeah, I hope he's, he could stay down there as long as he wants. Now, I'm not in a rush. Listen, the bullpen, they don't win every bullpen day, but they still somewhat manage to hang around, so I'm okay with that. All right, Spencer, do you want to? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I do want to end
0: with, again, if you don't know where Dunedin is, it is the rookie ball league for the Toronto Blue Jays, which means he literally is at the lowest level of baseball you can be at.
1: Yeah, he got teed off by a bunch of guys that have never that seen... 18- and
0: 19-year-olds that yeah. are fresh out of either Dominican, like the Central America, or yeah, like are fresh draft pick
1: Guys that are like nowhere close to being a big leaguer is basically it, and that's what makes it even worse. So, I mean, again, I'm still a big Alec Manoa guy, but... Figuratively and literally... Had do, Al. Had to. Anyways, hockey Fastball. news. Fra- here's a tweet from Frank Saravalli. The, oh, you're you're going to steal it from me? No, I'm not. I'm just going to tee it up for you. I'm oh, okay. going to set you up for a... I'm okay, so, lop. you're throwing up the lop? I'm throwing up the lop, yeah. So uh, Frank Saravalli's, uh sounds like the Edmonton Oilers and, uh, like I said, Detroit Red Wings got into bed together and created a trade. All right, let's have it. And, and then from TSN, the
0: Detroit Red Wings have acquired two forwards from the Edmonton Oilers. They acquired Kaler Yamamoto... Or I guess Kyler Yamamoto, Kyler Yamamoto, and Clem Costin, who I absolutely love, by the way, he was good. Clem Costin for future consideration. So a cap dump by the Edmonton Oilers, the Detroit Red Wings, who are looking to make an improvement on last season. As Al looks perplexed at his computer, at his. At his Sportsnet loaned computer.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, it's because I'm seeing. So the trades, yeah. So the Oilers said cash, excuse me, future considerations. So I wonder if that means they're still. They don't know what the return is yet, or I I think it's just cap relief. It's just. I mean, if if it is, it's good for them. But I also failed to see. You know what's really hangering them now, and it wouldn't so much if he would have turned out good for them. But uh, Jack Campbell, that contract sucks for them right now. That's just another. um, What's his face, Miko Koskinen.
0: Anyways. Yeah, but he got more money, I think, than Koskinen. But again, regardless, so still that yeah. might that makes Detroit look a little more interesting. And not only that, Al. It makes, the, it makes the Atlantic Division in the East oh so much more competitive. If Detroit is trying to get better, well, and Buffalo I, is trying to get been, better, and the Leafs are trying long? to get better, and Florida should be better, and people are telling me Tampa is going to suck next year, but suck relative. Yeah, they're losing lots of depth, but they still got Kucherov. They still got Stamkos. They still got Hedman. They still got Fazilevsky. You know, Boston will be a lot worse than last year, but they still could fight for a wild card spot. They surprised us this year. With how good, they were. I'm not. I'm not holding no hope. But you know, they still could be battling for a, a wild card spot in that Atlantic Division. So I means the only bad team, the only thing I haven't mentioned is Ottawa, and Ottawa should be better.
1: Yeah, that's the only team that's really got the big question mark on them is Ottawa. I mean, Boston, like you said, you kind of know where they're going to be. But yeah, the question mark really is Ottawa. Like Debrinket sounds like it's going to be a sign and trade. Yeah, doesn't sound like he's sticking around. And uh, according the, the, to Pierre LeBrun, no salary retained in the trade. It's a clean deal. Clean deal. So future. Wow. So this is a huge cap. So the Edmonton Oilers are making a move here. So yeah, they they're in win. I think the oh Oilers. My, can I can I, pre, can I make an sure. this pick? Yeah, Eric
0: Carlson is gonna go to Edmonton. <gasps> oh baby, that's what that is right there. No retention. Eric Carlson by next episode is gonna be an Edmonton oiler.
1: That oh is, my god, that's not a bad like, prediction. Like because everyone keeps talking about how
0: San Jose doesn't want to retain or retain a whole lot. And my prediction before, obviously, they made this big deal with Detroit for Edmonton. I thought what a team's going to do is, okay, San Jose, just retain 25%. We'll bring a third team in, like, Arizona. You retain 50 and we'll get Eric Carlson for, like, $3 bucks. So,
1: okay, the, another team trying to make a move, too, is, well, the Nashville Predators also made it clear that Yaroslav Askarov, their number one prospect in their system now that Luke Evangelista is a full-time roster player, well, should be next year, and he could make a run for the Calder Trophy. Yo, he's got a lot of competition for that, he, Al. He does, he does. It's going to be very stiff competition. Yeah, that, this call race is going to be a great race to it, continue. It's going to be very good. Um, the Nashville Predators made a trade uh, with Detroit, acquired pick number 43 in exchange for 47 and 147. Nashville's trying to do something. Barry Trotz made it very clear last night. Like, he was trying to move up to three oh, he, and four. he'd been trying to get up that's, to five. That, yeah. yeah, that's why he was trying. Yeah, so, like, Nashville national is a team that you can put in the conversation now that could be a tough team to play in the west if they play their cards right which it seems like they will be so well and i hope they don't trade a scare because
0: i really do like your host, Slav. I, I think he will be a really good goalie he's a little undersized for today's nhl which upsets me saying he's like six foot one but i think but again regardless i think he's real talented
1: and i think he'll be a great successor to uc Saros, who is also one of the best boys in hockey he's so small I love you Susaro. yeah it's just you wonder how long though Askarov could be a backup though you know what I mean like I'm yeah. not like Jack Campbell, I'm not gonna blow Uh-oh. his tire I'm not gonna blow up his tires too much, but you know he was moved from the l a Kings to the Leafs because the Leafs kind of knew like this guy could potentially be a number one, and then he showed that he could and then for went half to, a season for half a season and then yeah, went to Edmonton and then did the same thing again. But uh, lots of activity there in the NHL. And um, we had some news before we even got in yes, the studio. We literally ahead. just
0: got in the school. And Josh Bailey is now a Gone. Chicago Blackhawk. He, he and a second-round pick from 2026 are going to Chicago from the Islanders for future considerations. So we have seen a mass exodus around the NHL due to the cap constraints. It's only going up a million this season. So teams are really banking on the next three years that the cap's going to go exponentially up which it does look to be going exponentially up with, within the next three years, but they're still dealing with this COVID-hamped flat cap, and it is costing teams big. Like Across.
1: the Toronto Maple like Leafs. But not just Toronto. No, I know? know, I know. Taylor it's, Hall it's, gets dealt yeah. for
0: cookies to Chicago from the Boston Bruins because they need that $6 million bucks. You know? No retention on that either, might I add. Um you know, just Josh Bailey just got traded. Edmonton trades both Costin and Annie Yamamoto.
1: Flyers also just made a move a couple minutes ago. They've moved up uh, into the second round. Uh, they made a deal with Chicago. They grabbed the 51st pick. So they'll be drafting soon, I'm assuming, because the dra- second round of the draft is underway, and guys are already getting picked up. I know Chicago just drafted. Um, But yeah, like, this is really... It's funny, too, like, <laughs> everyone yesterday was like, where, where are the... Oh, this is a bit... Whoa! Uh-oh, another big one just happened. So, the Red Wings, 19 minutes ago with the 41st pick, selected Trey Augustine from the U.S. Ooh, National Program, a, goaltender. Yeah, he he was one of the top goalie prospects. I, I did a little statue on yeah. him for TSN. Yeah, so he's... I was wondering who's going to... Detroit's... They're looking good, man. Like, I'm not saying Trey Augustine's his lord and savior. Like, I think he needs some... You know, he's got to develop. I don't think he's a Spencer Knight, but... Um, well, Spencer Knight went in the first round for a reason, but not yeah, there's, I been, liked... there's been three goalies taken the
0: second round. They were the top three goalies. It was Hrabel out of uh, Czechia. He's going to the Coyotes. As you mentioned, there was Trey Augustine going to Detroit, and then at the very bottom of the sheet was the Canadian, Bjarnason. I actually skipped over his name. Carson Bjarnason's going to Philly. So maybe that does mean Carter Hart's out of Philadelphia if they're taking Bjarnason with the second round pick.
1: Well, so here's the thing, too. Like, Carter Hart, I want to remind everyone, too, was also with... Uh... Team Canada in 2018 in London when all that uh, went down. For those of you who don't know what went down, I'm not going to give you the whole story. I'm going to give you just a brief idea. But uh, sexual assault allegations are involved and uh, around that whole team, that team is under investigation.
0: That's that's the World Junior team?
1: Yeah, but it was narrowed down to eight to ten players or whatever. And and, I mean, I just want to note Carter Hart was on that team. Not saying anything, like he's still playing. So maybe, you know, Maybe he's good, maybe he isn't. I don't want to make any assumptions. Yeah, yeah. He, I also to could po- or could not be one of those top ten players. I want to point out restricted free agent Alex Forman did not get re-signed last year by the Ottawa Senators. And he also was on that team. Was on that team. So I'm and, not... I Again, I'm not leaning towards anything here. I'm just saying... You're just stating a fact. I'm, that's, I'm calling it the way it seems right now. But anyway... You're stating a fact. That, that yeah. investigation has continued. They've narrowed
0: down to eight or ten players, and there are players in the NHL right now yes. or were that were a part of that team. And
1: Gary Bettman is... Sounds like from what I heard in an interview with Elliot Friedman a few days ago that he's awaiting for the final investigation results, blah, 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 and then we'll handle it accordingly. Hopefully, Gary, you haven't done much right lately with the NHL, so at least, you know, get this one right, please. Well, I'm going to end off, I think, our draft talk before we get into some more trades. Oh, Al, it's not a trade. Uh, I just want to point out for Leafs fans who listen to this podcast, a few of you out there, Luke Shen is still in talks. His camp is still in talks with Brad Tree. Living made it very clear that he wants to remain with the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, yeah, so that's good news. And are we going into trades now? You said. Well, I'm I'm going to mention two draft picks go that were ahead. just taken out of the OHL.
0: Bo Akey going to Edmonton, in the latter half of the first round defenseman out of Barry. Really liked his game. I believe he led the OHL with points from a defenseman over Oliver Bonk, who went in the first round out of the stinky, nasty, disgusting, no good, rotten London Knights, and yeah, then. Yeah, yeah going to Dallas here the most recent pick from my what my phone's telling me is Tristan Bertucci out of the Flint Firebirds going to Dallas. Oh, really very liked, nice. Really That's like a good Bert- pick. really like Bertucci's game as well. So, really like Boakey and Tristan Bertucci. Both guys are kind of undersized, but I really do like both of their games and they I do expect will be offensive qu- pl- power play quarterbacks in the NHL.
1: I feel like this first round like don't get me wrong, like it was stacked, but it wasn't super stacked. Like it seems like the, you know, the WHL was mostly like uh led the way. Um fun fact by the way, no Players from the QMJHL were taken in the first round this year. It's the
0: Q's garbage. It's just because it won, real. just because it won the Memorial Cup does not mean they're a good league. I'll, I'll give you that. I guess. I
1: yeah. I think. I still think all the I, talent I still think is the in I, O and AHL. the
0: Dub, yeah. and the Q is the little brother of the three. Yeah, the that seems two. like
1: the trend as of late. But anyways, um, jeez, where was I going with that? Where were
0: you going with? I that? I don't know
1: where I was going with that. Um, it was about. Nope, I forget. Oh well, whatever. Probably not important. It's okay.
0: Okay. Well, as long as it wasn't important.
1: Well, probably. I don't think it was important. But anyways, so, so we can move forward.
0: Are there any other trades that you want to talk about? I have tr- I've been trying to think of some other trades. Pierre Luc Dubois. Now. Oh, we forgot about. Yep, we got to talk about that so, one. So the L.A. Kings acquired Pierre Luc Dubois. They beat the Habs to the Sweet Stakes, but they do send three NHL quality players and a second-round pick next year for him. So it is quite a steep price relative to what maybe people thought he might go oh, for.
1: I thought what I was going to say. I it wasn't a deep first round. But I feel like there's a lot of second round gems. Like you know, like you can like teams can really succeed with the the guys that'll that'll come out of that second round. But anyways, yeah. So I actually wanted to know your thoughts first because I think what you say might influence what it might come out of my mouth next. Okay. But what are your thoughts on the deal? I think I'll just say this for now, and then I'll get dive into my explanation. I think the Winnipeg Jets won the trade.
0: Do you really think so? Yes. So I don't disagree because I heard um MJ Michael Johnson on TSN Radio, I believe it would have been yesterday, talking about how he thought that Winnipeg won because they got three NHL-caliber players plus a draft pick for Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I always agree with that. And I like Gabe Velarde. Former Kingston Frontenac injuries have really derailed his star potential, but he's still really talented. Uh, Kupari, really good finish player. He will fit into the lineup, and I'm trying to think of the other uh, guy who ended up getting dealt in that Alex Ayafalo. It's Ayafalo, who's got a ceiling, but is is a talented winner, a talented winger, nevertheless. And then I believe again it was a 2024 second round pick. But the best player goes to LA, obviously. And in all fairness to um to Kapari and and Velarde and of respectively, Pierre Luc Dubois will be the best player of this trade, no matter no unless one of them decides to go nuclear. And which
1: I think that would be Gabe Velarde, if he stays it, healthy. Exactly.
0: It's Gabe Velarde, but again, health is a massive factor for him. And th- and I think about this. Their now top two centers in LA are Pierre-Luc Dubois, Anze Kopitar, and Quentin Byfield. Like, that is a nasty
1: one, two, three punch which, down the, down the middle. Which Byfield, you know seems like he's about to go i'm not saying he's going to go off but it seems like he's finally going to come into that element where you know he starts to look more like an nhl player this year where i don't think he was quite there year, yeah excuse me i don't think he was quite there yet last year but i do think he'll come into you know fruition a little bit this season um and the other thing is out even
0: if he doesn't necessarily have the offensive skill everyone thought he would getting drafted second overall back in 2020 He's 6'5", 220.
1: And it's so still going it to show up. Better. Yeah, like, like even, it'll eventually show up. It's like, okay, yeah, this is why he went second.
0: Like, even if that offensive, you know, acumen never really makes it. Because some guys don't. But he's so big against 6'5", 220, that he'll be able to play in the NHL regardless of how good offensively he is. It's just waiting for that offense to catch up. He had 22 points, Byfield did, in 53 games last season for LA. So, again, we'll see if he can improve on that mark. I go as far as I say he will. But again, he'll be the third-line center most likely unless they put him on the wing. And that L.A. team is looking dangerous. And if their goaltending shows up, which remains to be seen, they made some trades to try to fix it. Corpusalo really didn't in the end. And they obviously traded Cal Peterson, which was on an awful contract. straight traded away jo- Jonathan Quick. So they do have some cap space. So we'll see what they do. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Luke, du- Luke Dubois does fit in that... Uh, in that offense for L.A.
1: I think he'll fit in well, but here's where I think the Winnipeg Jets won the trade. Like, Velarde and Iafalo, those are your depth scorers on that L.A. Kings team. Like, you know, I thought that the Kings would look to build around what they have. Now, let's not forget, so Philip Deneau also slides down to the fourth. Actually, I I so that means they got to put Byfield in the wing because I forgot about Philip Deneau. But
0: but again, think about all those centers. Those are four
1: NHL quality centers that are all big. Where Velarde, though, and Iafalo, like... They were power play guys for the King. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like the Jets now don't have many more moves to make in terms of getting back into that contention slot-ish. I still think, well, Wheeler sounds like he's going to be bought out. It sounds like they're still looking for a suitor for Mark Shifley. So there's a few more pieces to move. But my concern is I don't know how many big pieces they get. And this is where I think Dayoff really has to nail it. If you're going to move Mark Shifley, you got to get you you got to get somewhat of a decent return, like NHL-ready guys like that that could benefit Velarde and Ayafalo or vice versa, where Ayafalo and Velarde can benefit whoever else comes in for that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where Winnipeg won, is like, you just took a lot of depth pieces from the LA Kings where I'm like, man, they just need a few more guys like that, and they could probably win a playoff round, considering they have Jonas Corpusalo between the pipes, but we're not sure if he's even going to stay. So... There's a couple of question marks there, but when I first saw it, my first reaction was, man, Winnipeg won this deal big time.
0: Well, let me let me let me see if I can sell you on the, the LA perspective. They have four million bucks in cap sala in salary cap space. They have eleven forwards four D and one goalie signed right now on Cap Friendly. There are eleven forwards listed from most expensive to least expensive are Kopitar, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kevin Fiala, Philip Deneau, Adrian Kempe, Victor Arvidson, Trevor Moore, um, Blake Lizotte, Carl Gunstrom, Quinton Byfield, Arthur Kaliev. That is a pretty nasty that forward is, that core. Is good.
1: That is very good, yeah, but, yeah, no, you're right, it is good, but I'm also just wondering, like, I don't know, the guys you named, like Trevor Moore or Carl Gunstrom, you'd think those would have been the pieces. I don't know, I feel like LA could have been better, like, if they would have hung on to Velarde and Ayafalo. But then again, like, we won't know until they play, to be honest. I mean, we all thought Boston was going to suck last year, and then look what they did, right? So, like, hockey is a crazy sport in that sense. And the other thing, Al, honestly, is
0: if LA is able to get one more quality defenseman to fit into that defensive core right now of Drew Doughty, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, Michael Anderson, and Matt Waugh, or Matt Roy, I'm not sure which one he is. Um, then they're gonna be a they're gonna be a playoff team, they're gonna be a great team, and then we'll see how they fill out the rest of the roster. But that team looks really, really good. Like their wingers you can kinda argue don't look particularly great with looks like their top two wingers, even though Fiala had a great year last year and Adrian Kempe and then Victor Robertson's right there. Like that is a really, really good forward core that is gonna impress some teams. And they're big, like Anze Kopitar, Selkie contender consistently. Pierre-Luc Dubois, you would think the same thing? Philip Laineau is arguably the best defensive center in hockey. And then you've got what? Either Quentin Byfield or Blake Lutzat at the bottom, at the fourth line. Yeah, that's like that's, 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 pretty good. that's like pretty that good. is a gross. Like we talk about the Leafs center core, LA's beating them easily.
1: Oh, I with I, those three guys, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, like I mean. I had LA beating the Leafs last year anyways, regardless, like whenever they played each other, like
0: And it's gotten the the wide the gotten
1: the margin for error Al has gotten just a little bit bigger. But here's the difference too with the Leafs and the LA Kings. Look at how much the guys you named the depth pieces you named off how, the LA how much Kings they all roster, make? how much they all make compared to the depth pieces. Listen, David Camp is gonna be your fourth line center, probably. And the only guy you're moving, or the only, yeah. So Kerfoot's not coming back, assume, assuming he isn't. If he does come back, well, and like, Bunting's definitely gone. Bunting is going to be gone. Can't afford him. And Justin Hall is also gone. Which I swear, probably a good thing. Yeah, would, I'm not. I'm okay with it. So that's the thing too. Like the L.A. Kings have guys that are like, yeah, we don't need to get paid right away. Don't get me wrong. You had to give Dubois the money. He wasn't going to go.
0: But he only got eight point five. Like that's a relatively good contract. No, Just I don't Think but, about it.
1: I know, but it's all yeah. But like, I mean. Because his max
0: output's been sixty three points last year in seventy three games, you I'm, think he's not going to eclipse that in L A?
1: Like, come on, dog. Like I know he's du- going to. I know Dubois is not going to go. Dubois is going to end up in Montreal at some point. But listen, at the same time, too, the guy's got a brain. He wanted out of Winnipeg because he knew they probably weren't going to do so well. Connor Halabak doesn't want to come back. I'm not sure if that changed his mind now with that L A Kings trade. Maybe, uh, doubt it, but maybe.
0: And can I, I want to say something quick here before we continue? I really. It's a narrative I don't like, but a narrative we force on other athletes, so I wish the NHL was more similar, is when John Elway forced his way out of the Baltimore Colts to go to the Denver Broncos back in the 80s. People complained about it. When Eli Manning did the same thing with the, Los a- with the San Diego Chargers, now Los Angeles Chargers, and went to New York, people complained about it. Len Drosch saying no to the Nordiques and getting traded to Philly, which worked out for the Nordiques. You know, you got Pierre-Luc Dubois, gets drafted to Columbus after three or four years, says, I want to play in Columbus, gets dealt to Winnipeg, plays, what, two years in Winnipeg, so I don't want to play in Winnipeg, gets dealt to L.A., and people have a bad taste in their mouth. I don't understand it. I mean, play where you want to play, especially if you can. Like, Adam Fox gets drafted to Calgary, says, I want to play in Calgary, they say, I want to play in New York. Send Send him to Carolina. He says, I don't want to play in Carolina. I want to play in New York. So Carolina, trades him to New York and he plays for the Rangers now. And this is a Norris winning defenseman. Like, let's not act like if an athlete wants to play somewhere come hell or high water, they have the leverage and the ability to go wherever they want and faulting them for it. Yeah, do I wish they had the attitude I'll play for anybody?
1: Yes. Because that's what it is. You're the National Hockey League, man. Like, you're... But they don't. No, No, no. But like, listen, yes, you put in the work to get to where you want to be. Fine. I get that but your goal which is every player's goal i still from what i've seen yesterday listen if you if you had a new drinking game yesterday and it was like hey listen take a drink every time you hear the word unbelievable or it's a dream you'd be Drunk and passed out by yeah, the year by, b- by, by pick number five. Yeah,
0: by pick 10, you'd be you'd be, you'd be hosed, gone yeah you have alcohol, poisoning. you'd be
1: gone because that's all the players are saying, and they're not saying it's because it's a cliche. Maybe they are, I don't well, care if they are, but like you'd be the whole point was to work your ass off so that you can play in the National Hockey League. Listen, the only place where I would understand right now if you're a player and you don't want to play would be Arizona. I get it because they can't even figure out where the hell they're going to play. You know, the, Arizona, you know what, Arizona? You know how messed up Arizona's priorities are? They had matching suits for the draft yesterday. Their suit game was better than their on ice game. Can you believe that? I can, because let's be honest Arizona's a laughing stock right now. They've been a laughing stock for a while now. And there's a guy they drafted. We talked about this beforehand. Uh, Simishev went sixth instead of 26th. They had two first round picks. You had six and 12. You could have picked him up at twelve if you really want him. Twelve would have made a bit more sense because you would have got it would have been later in the first round, not at six. Simashev was even like, "What the heck? <laughs> no way!" But I mean, also like being drafted to the Arizona Coyotes at this point, I was like, "Man, I feel bad for you." Even thi- here's another one, Sean Durzi. He's their highest paid defenseman. That was to- connected to the Pierre Luc Dubois trade, though. They had to cap. They had to dump his cap because they knew. They knew. Yeah. He's next. Same thing with Edmonton. What I just said they traded
0: Clostin and Yamamoto. They yep. know something's coming on the pipeline. They need to make the cap space work. Yep.
1: So, but I mean, come on. Like back to the main point. I don't think Dubois earned his stripes yet to be like, I want to play here. In my opinion, it kind of confuses me because let's be honest here. He's just going to pull the same crap in L.A. I give him two years and he's in Montreal. No, he chose to go to L.A. He had, he had well, a move. He had because, no move. Well, I mean, let's be real. They're also paying him. It's not a sign and trade. He's going to play for the LA Kings for at least two years. Heck, eight. he might he might go on a cup run with them. But guess what? As soon as he wins his cup, I think he's gone. But my Al, point, the reason why... an eight-year deal. Yeah. He's there for eight years. Sure, for now. His contract isn't bad. You just said it itself. It's not the least attractive contract there is in the league right now. Seth Jones is making 9.5. Yeah, and he sucks. Uh, exactly. Like, yeah. there's, are, there are worse contracts than that right now. You can move Dubois' contract. I think someone would take that on if they had well, enough yeah, cap. Well, but, yeah, but why would they trade it? They just signed him to it. I'm not saying... That, I'm not saying they will right away. I'm just saying I'd like Dubois to spend at least five years with the franchise before going by. At oh, least he's going to. I think LA going to be he's I hope there. so because then I'll give them the stripes and be like, yeah, you know what? You've earned the right to complain and say you want it gone. Dude, you played two seasons. How about you give the team a chance to figure out how they're going to build around you? Well, not well, get me wrong. I know you get, you don't, you're not getting any younger every year. I understand from – look – Connor Hallibuck right now is the only guy where I'm like, okay, you can say you want to go wherever you want. And you can, because guess what? Yeah, but in
0: fairness again, Pierre Luc Dubois kinda got forced into Winnipeg, and it was a bad situation when he got there. And it's only gotten worse since he's been a Winnipeg jet. Like it was it was bad two years ago. It's gotten worse. Like Blake Wheeler's gonna get bought out now, got shipped for the captaincy last year. Mark Scheifele seemingly is out. They did that to themselves Hallibuck, though. Hallibuck looks like he's seemingly out. They have just raised Pierre Luc Dubois, they traded Truba. Couple years ago, they had to they, cut. Bob they did it to themselves. Like...
1: They did it to themselves. Look at Liney. Yep. Wheeler and uh, was it Wheeler and Shifley that he had issues with? Probably in the dressing room. Yeah, and guess what? Instead of getting rid of the, the those two, who excuse me, Mister Wheeler and Mister Shifley, what have you done in your career that you get to you know pick on a superstar? Well, uh, sorry. Yeah, he's a possible superstar. Possible superstar. His injuries have definitely hampered you know, him. Hampered him, but. I think Patrick Liney is a star. Could be, definitely. Could be. Like, what have you done to be able to go, oh, one conference final. <laughs> Bravo. And Kevin Sheveldiaf is just no better than anybody else because guess what? <laughs> Gets rid of the star that you got in second round pick who clearly was the right pick. Like, you picked him in the right spot. Yeah, you get rid of him instead because he's whining about the issues. Oh, wait. Where did Kevin the off? Oh, yeah. Chicago. What did Chicago do when a problem happened? They buried it under a rug and won three Stanley Cups.
0: And he was there when they did it. He was there. That He was one of the few yep, who didn't and- get canned over it.
1: Yep. Anyways, this is opening a whole different can of worms. I'm just saying the whole point of this part is I... I'm glad Dubois is out of Winnipeg. I'm glad he got what he wanted. I don't think he deserves, he has earned that status to be able to complain about where he's at. If he plays at least five years in LA, fine. You know, just earn your stripes a bit more. But, and also, Winnipeg, I thought, won that deal initially at first. Now that we've talked about it, I think it does, you know, make more sense that the LA Kings did win. Like, they got the better player. I just thought that those were really two big key pieces for the LA Kings roster in the playoffs last year when Villardi came back. Like he he put the he almost put the team on his back with Andre Kopitar. Those were the only two players that were really playing. So, you know, that that's what that's where the, that's where I was going with it. I think the LA Kings I'm definitely leaning more towards the Kings now that we've talked about it. Um, but initially my initial reaction was holy crap, the Jets just freaking pulled pulled off a decent trade.
0: Well, no, it's a good tra- it's a good trade for both teams. It's one of those where it's like both teams got what they needed. But the problem is, for me now, is again we talked about it. With Winnipeg, you got to think losing Hallebuck this summer. You got to think losing Sh- Shifley either this summer or next summer. Blake Wheeler's going to get bought out. Like, they're going to be a completely different team, and I don't know if that
1: com- completely different team's going to be any good. So we talked about this. The Chicago Blackhawks seem like they're trying to build pieces— the build a puzzle very quickly around Mr. Connor Bedard, who went first overall. Which in is the draft. such a joke
0: because they're going to suck regardless. They have okay. no goaltending. Their d- defense is garbage. Uh, wh- who are we talking? Who-,
1: who are we talking about right now? Chicago. No, no, no. Yeah, but we were just talking about a goalie who doesn't want to be in Winnipeg anymore. How about, they can't afford, no. Well, no. No, I, no. no they, they can't he's, afford him. He's them. going to Jersey. Chicago he, needs to hit he, the cap floor. And it seems like, New. I don't know if he's going to New Jersey, because look, look at New Jersey's big core now. They have big contracts, and Akira Schmid is cheap, and Akira Schmid proved that last lasts in the playoffs that he could probably hang in the big leagues. If
0: Connor Halbaugh got a phone call from Kevin Sheff day off, and he said, hey, we got a trade for it. We got, we got, and, chit, and he hang up the phone. Hang up the phone.
1: That's Really?
0: He'd hear a chit and go, nope maybe I i'm
1: just it's just a, i'm just thinking on the fly
0: here the only team with a c he would go to is colorado if he didn't hear core he would he would hang up the phone oh and Calgary reason, hang up the phone the
1: reason why i'm saying they can afford well okay calgary would shoot themselves in the foot even more because listen you already paid one goalie and he had one bad season so what you want to bring in two goalies that are kind of question marks because listen i've been saying this for a couple a long time before me and you even met spencer connor hellebuck is not a playoff goaltender hasn't proved it yet. He made it to one conference final, but that's about it other than that, what has he done since, right? Maybe he could maybe a new scenery could do it. I think it could, maybe. Yeah, the right team. And if Chicago's trying to do that, I'm just saying, like if, if the Vegas Golden Knights proved anything this year, is there were a lot of times where the Florida Panthers made them look like very vulnerable, but guess who was there to stop the puck? Aiden Hill. Could Aiden Hill go to Chicago? Doesn't seem likely because it sounds like Vegas is ready to pay him. Which is stupid. We talked about that last yeah, episode. Yeah, I, I hate how that happens all the time. Like, dude, the worst part is, we think it's dumb to pay a fourth stringer after you have one good cup run in the playoffs for 15 games. <laughs> how stupid is it of the Oilers to sign Jack Campbell after one good half of a season? <laughs> yeah, and then suck in the playoffs <laughs> in the yeah, second half. Yeah, five, five times five. Yeah, good one. Yeah, you did. Yeah, great. Good job, guys. Like, Anyways, I- I I
0: am definitely not an advocate of don't pay goalies. I believe you should pay goalies if they're talented enough
1: to be paid. Like no sure, goalie should get ten million dollars like, anymore. If Sergei Bobrovsky's proven one thing, no goalie is going to get ten. Well, and, and I uh, heard and
0: Kerry co- Car- Car- Price, Kerry Price said that too.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's hard. Well, no, it's Carey Price Price. They both they, both- they both- Stanley Files in the last three years. Kerry Price was more of a consistent goaltender than than Bobrovsky. Carry Price was pl- as soon ever since Kreider ran into him, he was never the same again. I'm still convinced today. If Price doesn't get run over, he probably is still playing and still has at least five years left in him.
0: Probably, but should have would have. Yeah, could've.
1: exactly. Yeah, it's about yeah. And all I can tell you is those two guys we've just talked
0: about both have been in the Stanley Cup Finals within the last three years. Yep. And no one's paying a goalie board in probably eight or nine within nope. the
1: next. And I heard Halabuk wants nine and a half.
0: That's that's probably his ceiling. He probably knows he won't get any 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 a penny more than that. No, and the reason why I'm
1: saying Chicago too is, like I said, they have cap space because they also signed Nick Foligno to a one-year deal for four million dollars. I hope Detroit does it. That'd be kind of funny because I think Detroit. How about a the Detroit? Way. Yeah, Detroit. It's like a goalie
0: away. How you they? Could.
1: How they'd make the money work now being cost in Yamamoto? I don't really know. But... Well, that, and you also have Nadelkovich and to- uh, Thomas Grice. and who are yes yeah forgot about that. that's right who so came but i'm in? pretty yeah. sure nadelkovich
0: is done now i think his contract just ended this summer so i think he's now a U- ufa i believe
1: it's very anyways it's a very weird situation i'm curious to see where halibut yeah goalies
0: goes. in goalies out all over the nhl and yeah. it continues to be a charade because right now, the best goalie on the market i believe is corpus Allo, just about because i did a little um rfa or ufa pardon me uh a, a spreadsheet for all the top free agents and I believe it probably probably be Corpus Allo. because there's Quick there's Corpus Allo, Hill technically is still a UFA but he's most likely going to get signed by Vegas as we, as we talked about so Buck is really the big fish on the goalie market if there will be one to be traded and his landing spot will be quite interesting because once that domino falls other teams are really gonna have to go after the slim pickings in the UFA market
1: what? and Jeremy Swayman from Boston as an okay. RFA. Yes. Uh there was actually another one that came to my head while you were saying that but now th- threw me off again. The goalie? Yeah. I forget who. Uh no, not John Gibson. He's going to stay now. The Ducks are they kind of have their Ducks in a row, I guess you could say and trying to be better. It could be, but isn't Freddie Anderson's contract up? Yep, yeah, both him and Antti Ranta. Both Ranta and That'll also be Anderson. interesting. That'll also be interesting. Maybe Halibut goes to Carolina. I mean, that would break their mold, but it makes sense. It'd be weird. It'd be very weird. It'd be very weird, but yeah. Interesting. Um, Do we have anything else? Yeah, it's kind of sad how many teams need a goalie,
0: but like don't have a goalie. Yeah. Right? Like there's, there's so many teams we could say like they could trade for him and use a goalie, but also like, why would they trade for a goalie? Right? Like how many guys, how many teams could we genuinely say like need a goalie? Like the Leafs, they could use Connor Halbuck. They can't afford him or can't trade for him, but they could use Connor Halbuck. Like, other than probably, what, the Rangers, the Islanders, with with um, Sorokin and Sesterkin, obviously. Vasilevsky in Tampa. Probably Bob and Spencer Knight in Florida. Ottinger maybe in Dallas. And then after that, like, is there a goalie that keeps him out?
1: Genuinely? Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's tough. But, I mean, that's what I like about the offseason, though. It makes it interesting. It's always... It's never really not interesting. And I love... I also want to point out real quick... Um, how everyone wanted a trade at the draft the other night. And it's like, everyone's like, oh, where are all the trades at? It's like, yeah, the NHL pulled one on you where they knew people would be wanting chaos. And they're like, no, we're going to trade and make our moves beforehand. So you have the most boring night ever. And when was the last time the NHL did that? Oh, yeah. Remember when free agency signing last season was absolutely dry and they're like, well, we're not going to, we probably won't have a show because like we did nothing for a solid day. Right. Or sorry. No, it wasn't the free agency because you, you could only start signing guys on July 1st. It was the trade deadline because all the trades had been done beforehand. So nothing happened on the deadline shows. It was hilarious. And I feel like NHL execs are kind of get, I don't know if they get together or not and actually have this conversation, but I feel like they're like, hey, let's do this now just to get, just to give them one, just to get, give the field day to the media and just be like, make it dry for them. And which before, makes me laugh. And before
0: I send us, this- Send us home, Al. I do want to mention the first pick of the third round is uh, Colson Pirate for out, of, out of Flint. Big fan of his. Do not like the Flint Firebirds. They're stinky, rotten, and nasty, but they, two of their best players were two of the guys I thought actually had some talent there in, in Colson Pirate and, um before I forget his name, Tristan Bertucci. So, big ups to them getting drafted to the OHL, being well represented at the NHL draft as always, and you know, I know the Knights, you're... Former employer had two guys get drafted in the first round, both rotten, stinky, no-good, yellow-belly guys. And before Al freaks out, Carly Barlow went to Winnipeg at 18. Josh Bailey has
1: been placed on unconditional waivers for the purpose of a buyout. I mean, that's... What it. the heck is Chicago doing? You're trying to hit... That's not how you... Guys, that's not how you hit the cap floor.
0: Well, I guess they wanted the second-round pick, and they just cut Bailey. Weird! So maybe Josh Bailey's going to come back to New York. Maybe he goes back to New York. That'd be freaking hilarious.
1: That's hilarious. I just watched Al like, actually have a stroke over there, too, as he read that. He literally just like, popped in his chest. Also, Carolina like, made a tr- uh, pick swap with the uh, San Jose Sharks just now. Uh, San Jose gets pick number 71. Carolina gets 94 and 100. So, I guess Carolina's trying to... Carolina's really good at drafting depth guys. They are. They are very good at that. Especially so. defensemen. Yes. So, they've
0: also been rumored after Eric Carlson. I don't think he goes to Carolina, but he's been rumored to go to Carolina. Weird. Imagine Carolina got
1: Brett Burns and... Eric Carlson. mind you does the buyout go maybe the buyout goes on it, the cap it, w- it will affect the cap yeah it, it has to yes unlike uh that tj brody proposed buyout that was made by frank Saravalli no the leafs are not buying out tj brody but they he was just suggesting that if they were to buy him out yeah al still, still you, def- dying on that before hill. you all freak out he wasn't saying they're going to buy him out he was just saying if they were to it wouldn't you know it wouldn't go on against the cap and it would actually be cheaper to buy them out now than it would be two years from now if, or whatever. So anyways, I love this time of year for the NHL. I love how... And it's been a hectic. It's like we talk crazy. About, this is busy. Like,
0: last year's free agent frenzy was boring. This year's is going to be an absolute bloodbath because we've been seeing trades for the past three days about cap room, cap space, moving guys around, trying to, get, trying to create space. And it's going to keep going until free agency opens. And then we're going to see some guys get moved, like hella could be moved sign and trades will be done on july 1st because they need to be done or they're gonna lose the player so it's
1: gonna be fun man it's gonna be fun
0: we're gonna see how that goes but for episode number 14, 14 of one the Outrage,
1: four Al, 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 do you want frenchy that's D- spanish eat that one Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, stinky one. Yeah, yeah, it's like stinky cheese. Well, yeah, like you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly the way you said. Yeah, see, I set you up there. See, so, that's called. I, I teed you up there. I set you up for that one. Whatever makes you sleep <laughs> at night.
0: Gotcha. So, uh, so, Al, do you want to do the outro? Because you've been consistently, consistently stealing it from me. Or do you
1: want me to run it What do you mean? Up? You stole it last time. I feel episode? like we got... I feel like we... Yeah, I didn't steal it. I asked for it. I'm asking if I you know, want it. We give you the I give you the intro and then you I do the outro. Why well, Do you want the outro? I kinda do now that you met you're well, throwing it at me. Well, okay, Al. Well, Al, that seems to be the it for us. Is it? I think so. It is it. We're not gonna keep you here any longer. From Big Al, Al Spencer Byers. Episode 14 of the... owl. Yeah. Oh, shit. No, we're not doing that. This is episode 14 of The Outrage. Hopefully, we stay consistent for a third consecutive week. We should. We should. This episode will be posted uh, at some point later today. Well, you'll see it when you see it. For now, so long from The Outrage.